You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of The Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Hello and welcome to The Batuta Advocate radio show for another week, listeners. Yes, thank you for tuning in again. And thank you for giving us a listen if you're joining us for the very first time, be it online through the Diamantina Podcast Network, or if you're in the bush, you'd be listening to us through the wireless on the Channel Country's very own Desert Rock FM. I'm Clancy Overall, and joining me today is Errol Parker, as always. Yes, it's been a busy week up here in the Channel Country for Clancy and I after we got back from the decaying cesspit that is Sydney, the city that only sleeps between 9.30 and 6 a.m., Yes, those Southerners are very strict bedtimes down there under Hillsong Sharia. But one thing that never sleeps is news, listeners. And we were straight back into it after we got back in town following the epic Hopawadi vs. Gallon boxing match at the Horton Pavilion. Yeah, it certainly was an interesting night down there, wasn't it, Clancy? Poor Johnny Hopawadi wasn't able to do all the things he promised to do to Gallon on our show a few weeks earlier and ended up going down like a burning thousand-year-old Hewan pine tree in Tasmania, didn't he? Yes, his age may have caught up with him by the looks of things, but the the whole spectacle made for an entertaining night, nonetheless. Uh, Queensland great Justin Hodges ended up dusting off uh, some removalists from Ipswich. Removalist plumber, I don't know. Uh, he, he wasn't uh, exactly a world beater, but, uh, you know, Hodges got the W, and it looked every bit like one of those famous origin scraps we used to see him in back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes, there was a little bit of WWE about that fight. was certainly not the type of boxing some purists would enjoy and certainly not the kind of thing avid fans of today's guest would enjoy either, Clancy. Yes, I think you might be right, Errol. Uh, today's guest is a fair change of pace from the characters we've had on here over the last couple of weeks. Yes, she is music royalty in this country, and a musician that most of the country would know instantly. We are talking about the national treasure that is Missy Higgins. She's just released a new album called The Special Ones, and has been kind enough to drop into Batuta to have a chat with us today as she completes her national tour. Plug, plug. And to celebrate an icon of Australian music stopping by Desert Rock FM today, our sponsor, Koala Mattresses, are giving you $150 off your next mattress if you use the code MISSY, all capitals. That's right. Use the code MISSY, spelt M-I-S-S-Y, to get $150 redos off your next Koala Mattress. Now, let's get on to today's show. Well, here we are with a national treasure, icon of um, Australian music, and someone actually that is uh, so universally loved that Alan Jones allowed her to play music after dark on the steps of the Opera House, um, which which is very rare in uh, New South Wales. Yeah, it's the- about as close as you can get to a knighthood in this country now that they've taken them away. Yeah, they? yeah. Thank yeah. you. National treasure doesn't sit very well. <laughs> yeah, well... It's a bit cringy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess... <laughs> well, you're in a esteemed company. You know, there's uh, you and, and, and Dick Smith. Oh, Dick uh, Smith. He's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe not... Uh, icon of Australian music we'll yeah. go with. How about a favourite? An yep. Australian favourite. <laughs> yeah, how does that sound? <laughs> Good, it sounds like a, a, a sauce that would go on your sausage or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Or a little, yeah, yeah Christmas it. chocolate box. <laughs> uh, but how has this been? People have been turning out to see... Missy Higgins, um, how's your at the how Opera you, House? How have your yeah. shows been? So yeah, far? really good. We've yeah. um, 
last night was the first night at the Opera House and we've been on the road for a couple of weeks. But that was pretty amazing to be playing in front of the Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Mm. It felt... It just felt like one of those... Oh, you know how you have those kind of um, existential um, experiences where you... I started to get anxious that I wasn't appreciating it enough yeah. in the time. Mm-hmm. It's like I should be... I just, I should be in the moment. I should be, I, you know, I should be realising what a massive thing this is. But I know that looking back on it is yeah. going to be much more powerful than actually being there at the time. But I had so much fun. Does that come from being a pro? Does that come from knowing what you're doing next and like just being so on top of your show that you kind of... Uh, I know, I, I get that with all mm-hmm. major experiences. Like even, you know, when, you, when you've climbed a mountain or something and you get to the top of the mountain and you just... Take it in. Can't, yeah, I go, take it <laughs> yeah. in, experience it. Um, I think, yeah, you, you're so kind of anxious about making sure that you f- you're feeling all the right emotions mm-hmm. that it's hard to actually do. But, you know. Yeah, I think that me and Clancy experienced that too when we had our show at the Opera House. Yeah, you know what um, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, just just two two journalists from from the middle of the Simpson Desert there on the stage at the Opera House, yeah. trying to deliver a marquee presentation on our town and our newspaper, and people were just laughing at us. Yeah, they were just laughing. Mm. Yeah, how did that feel? The entire tour was They're kind just, of viewed as a comedy show, which was bizarre. We were just trying to run people through our town and our newspaper's operations. But but there is that moment. There is that moment of five minutes in in where you're kind of like, are we going to be able to finish this show? You know, mm-hmm. well, That's what we experienced anyway. You're a pro. You probably didn't. Do you, were do you, you improvising or? No, no. We, 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 we went by a script. But um, yeah. you get startled. That's what we found. Do you, do yeah. you get startled anymore? Um, I, I often, I forget lyrics when I'm on stage and yeah, like songs that I've sung, I don't know, must, must be tens of thousands of times. I forget lyrics. It's like a little, um, I don't know. It's like a brain fart. Mm. You just suddenly can't remember something that you just do every day of your life. A bit uh, like the pin number at the ATM. All of a sudden, you can't remember. Yeah, yeah. what is that? It's mm. it's kind of your brain jumping over itself or something, scrambling to yeah to keep up. So, what do you do in those moments? Like, do you just do like a little bit of a scat sing, like scooby da ba Usually, I just I just go, ah, oh, shit, I forgot the lyrics, and then I stop the song, and everybody finds it really funny, mm. and I'm. I'm, I'm embarrassed, but I'm kind of glad that everyone's laughing and cheering because people love it when you make mistakes. Yeah, I think because they know that they're experiencing a kind of an, sure. yeah it's an like, original well, kind of experience. At least they're not lip syncing, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I a few times I've tried really hard to um, lip read the people in the front rows. Um, because oh, really? <laughs> I haven't known my lyrics. Like, what is it? What is it? I can't. I can't focus on one of you. And they're shouting these lyrics out to me, and I'm like, I don't. Just trying to get it. I can't hear you one at a time. <laughs> you, you know what's coming next. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. Um, do you have a song? Uh, and you hear, you know, um, bands that kind of blow up, and they you often hear the recurring story. For example, Nirvana. Those guys hated playing. Teen Spirit. Mm. Um, have, has you, have you ever said I don't like this song anymore, or do you fall back yeah. in love with it? Yeah, I I have a real love hate relationship with a lot of the songs on my first album, mm-hmm. and 
like the special two, I can't rehearse because I just, it just kills me yeah. every time. But when I'm playing it live, I don't mind so much because the audience love it so much that that makes it really enjoyable. Yeah. But just to play it on its own, like it's so, it's such a long, heart wrenching song that I don't want to play that any more than I need to. And it's so old now. <laughs> it's not my check. No, you don't play no. that at my check. <laughs> no, I, I wrote it about, and I wrote it about like, a, a fight that my sister and I had over a boy like when I was 18 or something and yeah. just to think back to that to that relationship and to, and to those silly silly emotions that were going on I just you know it's hard to relate to that you made a beautiful song out of emotions that meant a lot at the time Oh yeah, God! Yeah. I mean, when you're 18, every every emotion is just so powerful that you know all the songs that I wrote back then are yeah. really super I'm dramatic. Sure that, I'm sure that Kurt also felt the same. You know, he, Cobain. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, man, I was I was way younger. What, what does "Come as You Are" mean anyway? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Should have sung that song with a mouthful of grapes. <laughs> now, the, um, were you? Um, you were around that age when you first started popping off. You won uh, Unearth, Triple J Unearth. Yeah. Is that what it was with you? Was that was that where you kind of got your start? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Like um, my song All For Believing won Unearthed and that was a song that I wrote when I was 15, I think. Um, so when I got when I won Unearthed a couple of years later with that, I only had a, like a sm- small handful of songs and I got signed to a right. record label that year too. On my 18th birthday, I think it was actually, um, but yeah, that was definitely my start. Because at that, when I won that competition, I had no idea that my songs were any good or that anyone would actually like them. My sister sent in the tape, and and at that, and because I wanted to be a singer, but I didn't think I would be a singer songwriter. I mm-hmm. thought that I'd just yeah. sing jazz standards <laughs> or something, mm-hmm. you know, and that was yeah. fine. Yeah, I've read that there's a bit of an interesting story behind that about you being signed, where. Uh, there was uh, there was a big one on the table. Was it a uh, Sony was on the table, and and then you signed with a smaller one under the proviso that they weren't going to make you a pop star. Um, kind of. I don't think it was. Was that Sony? Oh, to be honest, I can't, can't remember. It was more the manage. It was more looking for a manager actually right. than a record deal. Okay. And so I met with a few managers, and um, yeah, one 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 guy that I. Met, met up with was was like, you know, asking me if I could sing an octave higher and talking about like costumes that I might wear and all this stuff <laughs> and it just felt so so. The awful. star is born. Yeah, yeah, like it was that. really gross. Yeah. and it, he was just a bit, you know, slimy. Yeah. Um, and then I met my manager John, yeah. and he was like, because I wanted to just leave school and go backpacking when I went graduated yeah. when I graduated school I wanted to go backpacking and just take my time and he was like yeah I think that's a great idea you know just you know you can only have one first album so go get some life experience and yeah um so yeah he really had like he was I knew he was playing the long game you know what I mean he wanted me to have a long career and to take my time doing it and so yeah so I dodged a bullet <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then how did it feel? Then Did you ever have that moment? I mean, just reference Star is Born because that's pretty much um, how the rest of the world envisions getting into the music industry looks like. Um, did you ever have that moment where someone said, oh, that song right there, or one of those kind of moments where they're like, this is what we're going to put up front, this is you're going to be 
Did was it predicted? Was it written? Did anyone feel like that that you'd ran across? I mean, other than the Triple J listeners on Unearthed. Um. Well. Well, John, my manager, always had. He was always really excited about my songs. Yeah. Um. I don't think he ever said, "Well, that's gonna be a hit." <laughs> but um. Shocking. I think even even he was surprised when I when I wrote and recorded Scar, my first single. He was um. Like, I don't think anyone pre- could have predicted that it would do as well as it did. Um, but I did have Paul, yeah, you know, Paul Mack. Mm-hmm. Um, he was signed to, he still is signed to my label as well. Right. And he kind of took me aside and he's like, just so you know, John is going to make you a star. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, like everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah. Like you just watch. And I was like, really? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty amazing. So there was a stage that you've uh, spoken about before where you had writer's block in your mm. career. Was that even more troubling considering you'd made this breakout album, you'd written this breakout album off the back of pretty much just being a high schooler and going backpacking and that was your life's experience mm. and then you'd actually lived a little bit and you didn't have any... Where, where, where did you find your way out of that? Is it hard to find things to draw inspiration from when you're on the road singing songs you've written... That many years earlier? Yeah, I think that was the problem actually because yeah. for my second album I was just – I wrote I wrote that really quickly, you know, yeah. when I was had yeah, in the wake of my first album and then I toured that album for so long because I moved to America for that album. I lived in LA because I was like I'm going to give this album the best shot that it possibly has and everyone – I was signed to Warner Brothers over there and they wanted me to be there all the time and to tour all the time and do, mm-hmm. you know, relentless promo and stuff. And um, I just thought, you know, I've, I'm just going to commit to America until I break it over here. And so I toured that album for about two and a half years and that – and, yeah, it, it like it all dried up mm-hmm. after you – know, you know, I got to quite a good point in America where I was playing to a couple of thousand people a night, but I had nothing left. I hadn't, hadn't written songs for years mm-hmm. and I had no love for music left and I had no life experience apart from being on a tour bus. And um, I was just really depressed, I think, mm-hmm. because what well, I... You didn't have a base either? You didn't have a home, really? Well, I yeah, I rented an apartment in LA, but I was never there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think music had it had just become like I'd become a, a cog, you know, in the machine of Warner Brothers, and they yeah. were just all about you know m- the money and the chart number, yeah. and it wasn't what I what music used to be for me. It, the love had gone out of it because it was it had been taken out of my hands. It was now I was now a kind of commodity. Yeah, so I had to I had to quit music because I didn't have anything left. I really. I would have loved to have still been inspired. I didn't want to quit music, but I just—I literally thought I wasn't ever going to be able to write songs again. Mm. So eventually, eventually it came back, but only after like three or four years of just chilling out and mm. and going on lots of, you know, find me adventures yeah. <laughs> across the world. Get a job at a news agency? <laughs> no, I went to uni. <laughs> yeah. um, I went to uni, and then I, and I went travelling through India and. Went down the Amazon and oh, right. yeah, like um, amazing, amazing stuff. But I was pretty miserable the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you I guys imagine, did, yeah, I mean, it would it would have been. T- I mean, there's also the there's the um, the come down of any kind of great great kind of moment. But um, you also kind of 
appealed to a lot of people around the world, a lot of indoor cats, particularly when you were featured in Sony Singstar. Did that... Uh... Oh, is that the karaoke thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, that's casting a pretty, yeah. pretty wide net too. Yeah, that was, that was the worldwide release for that. It was? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's probably some kids, you know, from... Oh, that's in the international from Singstar. From Baghdad to Bondi, you know, the... <laughs> I didn't realise. <laughs> I don't think many people outside of Australia know. It was Scar, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was no, it was oh, the ad too. Was it? Yeah. Oh god, I'm glad yeah. you guys remember. Yeah, well, I was out know. on my wiki page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. It's uh, it's it's you know it's a, it, it was popular in the Diamantina Shire Singstar for a while. We had it down at the <laughs> at the pub at the yeah. Batuta Hotel. So my everyone... sister and I used to do karaoke at the local pub. Um, every Thursday. Did you ever sing your own song? No, but my sister sang my song. That <laughs> was so good. She did like a parody of me, um, of my song 10 Days. She's like, and it's been 10 days without you. <laughs> and I was just like hiding in the corner with my hand over my eyes. Yeah, it's con- very confronting. <laughs> but my song was the, the Backstreet Boys song, I Want It That Way. Right. That was my yeah, karaoke that's song. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, you can never go wrong with Copperhead Road. What, anything but Madonna, I feel, goes well with karaoke yeah. too. Yeah. Borderline. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you were first touring around Australia, there were a lot of kind of different – there were a lot of people your age that were coming through. There was Dan Sultan and I guess a lot of the people that you're touring the country with now on these shows, John mm. Butler Trier. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you had Channel V and we've interviewed Osha before and we've yeah. interviewed some mm. of those guys. Did it ever feel like kids were kind of running the Australian music scene for a while there? Everyone was tuned in and everyone was watching. And, and I don't think it, we have a scene like that right now in Australia where no. there's a bunch of young kids that are all mates. And really? the festivals, I yeah. thought that there was. I just wasn't involved anymore. No? No. No, we, we keep in close contact with the youth and they, um, they were telling <laughs> yeah. us that, yeah. That's what the youth are saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're saying it, 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 just, it just wasn't as good as 2005 did a home bake. Not that they would yeah. remember. I don't know. Wave Aid. Wave Aid <laughs> yeah. was pretty much the, that, the pinnacle yeah, of that. Yeah, right. that was the, yeah, there was, I mean, the high watermark, I guess, of the uh, Australian music industry, yeah. I guess, <laughs> would be Wave Aid. Yeah, um, I have to say that, that the scene back then was pretty great. Like the, yeah. the little folky Australian scene, there was mm. the Waifs and mm. John Butler and, and, and George and... There was Pete Murray and, and all that kind of like acoustic Australian-y Queens, sound. Queensland was represented pretty well as well, um, which is which is rare for the Australian yeah. music scene. So, Who was you? Queensland? George. Uh, Powderfinger. Powderfinger, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were they were more kind of maybe a bit more rock. Yeah, yeah, and just a bit more yeah successful. But yeah, yeah. Um, that, that they had their own plane with with their band name on it. That's how big they got. Did they? Oh For God. one of their tours, they were like, fuck it, let's I just Oh, is that going. the silver chair one that they did across the country, across the divide or something? Yeah, that one. Yeah. That, that was like their last one. It's like, that's yeah. it. We've had enough. We all yeah. hate each other now. We're going to retire and start Splendor. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, what was it like, though, getting around there? Was it, was it, did you, that's what Osher had said, kind of. He, he said it was, um, everyone knew their job and everyone was working, but it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, yeah, we had some pretty fun, you know, after parties at mm. at, um, at the MTV Awards. Oh, yeah, the Jack Daniels. Yeah, all those ones, yeah, yeah. 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 And there was, um, 
uh, Eskimo Joe too. I remember getting up to a bit of mischief with Eskimo Joe and an after party. Um, and it was also a little bit closer to the days when the, you know, the the record companies were kind of um, partying with the, yeah. the artists as well. Yeah. So <laughs> Not quite the 80s, but... Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. In the days before camera phones and... And, yeah, yeah. and social media, which I guess gets a lot of... You get away uh, with a bit more. Which gets, I think, a lot of young musicians um, un, unstuck at some points, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think maybe the, um, the fact that, that like, music is so globalised now yeah. means that there's, the music scene is a bit more dissipated as well. It's, yeah. There's just there's people are travelling more and there's more influences from overseas yeah. and... Um, you know, people can become international stars over, overnight, like yeah. Amy Shark and yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of people. So um, we lose them very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've always had like a kind of um, different cogs spinning around your music and, you know, Brand New Day was one of them and you've done a lot of charity work. What else have you got on right now? Are you just 100% bolted on the new album and touring? My main thing right now is I've, I've got a baby. I've got a mm. six-month-old, so that's kind of like taking up the majority of my day and then I and and then the rest is traveling and playing shows um I'm trying to just concentrate on getting a little bit more than three hours sleep yeah um yes. every night at the going moment. on a tour was pretty impressive thing to do in the middle yeah, of it was all this really stupid thing to do to be <laughs> honest I don't know what I was thinking I think when you have because I've got a four-year-old and I think I'd just completely forgotten how tiring it was did you and you didn't do that with the first <laughs> Um, no, well, not this young. No, no, we we toured with I toured around America with him and my husband just in a van when he was about a year and a half, but that's much easier than yeah. when they're waking up several times at night. But it's cute. Like she's, you know, she's side stage in a little front pack in the with the nanny with the earmuffs on, yeah, yeah, yeah. looking out at the crowd, and it's nice to be able to play and look side stage and see her, and it's nice to have her on the road. But um, I've been touring. Since I was pregnant, touring several times when I was pregnant with her, and then I've been working since she was born. So I'm very much looking forward to just being out in, just going out bush when I get home, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not not coming back to the city for a while. So the special ones. Mm. When does a musician know to, to put out their first kind of? greatest hits you know is, is it more or less like just when your record company tells a tap you. on the shoulder yeah yeah i'm just like let's uh yeah it was to be honest it was just i thought it would be a bit early in my career to have a best of but it seemed like it was the right time because i'd had five albums four albums and uh, an ep and nine arias yeah, oh, that little thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> um, the, yeah. She uses them yeah. for candles. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, most still holders. The most dangerous award in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to take them home anymore. They have to send them to you in special really? boxes. Yeah, you, well, because people were flying with them and still drunk from the night before. Uh, I heard a yarn the, the, the other day about um, this young DJ who won one. Um, he was driving it around with him in his car, like in the back seat for months, oh, until another guy hopped in and was like, "Isn't that like in, like incredibly reckless? <laughs> like this is really like like this thing's heavy and it's sharp." 
Yeah. Why did he have it in the back of his car? Yeah. I, you know, didn't value it very highly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, out. that old thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a DJ, so you know that you know they're kind of like a racehorse. You know, they just have to have well, like the blinkers on. You know, yeah, just, he you never know. looks backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was a conversation that came from uh, you wanting to get back on, or are you talking to the record label. Um, I was, I mean, I, I, it came so, quite soon after my last album, which was Solastalgia, which mm-hmm. was only a few months before this Best Of. But um, it was really because I'd, I'd toured f- um, quite a bit for my for that album, Solastalgia, and I had this other tour coming out with John Butler, which had been planned like mm-hmm. a year in advance. So we were like, we kind of need to release something for this mm-hmm. tour, otherwise there's no, there's no reason to go out on tour again. Yeah. Um, but it was a great opportunity to go out on the road with John. And, um, yeah, it kind of seemed like I'd had enough albums and, you know, if you add up all the singles, it kind of makes one album. And I had a new song that I wanted to put on there too called Arrows. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of thought, why not? Hopefully I'll have another few albums and maybe I can have, you know, the special ones. Do like a big one at Uluru or something, (laughs) one of those kind of, do a big one one show only live concert at Uluru. God, there's a lot of pressure on that, though, isn't there? <laughs> I think Goanna did it, but obviously they've got the song that really... Yeah. <laughs> Solid rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and where are you living at the moment? Are you near the water? Where, where, where are you kind of recording and stuff? Is it um, Victoria, Melbourne? Yeah, I'm yeah. Bayside in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Um, and But we go to Broome quite a bit. Yeah. That's our kind of... Kind of, like, almost exactly on the opposite side of the country. Yeah, yeah. it really is, yeah. <laughs> so we go, we don't get go there that often, but we go for big chunks of time because mm. um, my husband used to live there and I used to live there and we met there. So we've got yeah. a lot of friends there and it's so – it's just so different from Melbourne. You, you couldn't get two more different Yeah, places. how's he coping with life down in the, in the cold country? Dan coping? Yeah. Um, he's from Melbourne, oh, so right. he's fine. Yeah, he didn't grow up in a small oh. town. He, he he grew up there. He right. he moved to Broome to to get sober and get him right. his life together right. and right. leave all his demons behind. And then I dragged him back. back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for anyone who um, well, the listeners actually actually can't see us in the room, Missy Higgins is wearing a lot of Paspaley pearls at the moment. So, <laughs> so that's a, that's another you know perk of yeah, time yeah. in Broome. <laughs> Uh, any plans after this tour? You're just going to kind of continue where you were with that three hours sleep a night and try and, um, try yeah, and just get continue with the three hours sleep. Why <laughs> yeah, not? It's working. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm going to try and concentrate on getting more sleep. That's mm-hmm. my main project yeah. for the next six months. Um, I can't really think of much else other than I think I might actually. I've got a couple of little ukulele songs that yeah. I'd quite like to release on an EP, but I'm not. I don't think I'm going to tour that or anything. And hopefully I'll just be able to chill out and be a mum for a bit. I think Eddie Vedder did that, didn't he? He had he, he had a whole Uke yeah, album, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I've only got two songs, so and I can't imagine being able to write any more at the moment. <laughs> so well, at EP least, it is. At least you got a project. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's um that's Missy Higgins, uh, listeners. So uh, providing New South Wales government uh, change their tunes, you might see her at a music festival near you, um, before they are all banned. Forever, but other than yeah, that, it's other than that, you might catch her at an RSL. You know, enter through the pokey room. You know, have to have to give your donation to the New South Wales government, <laughs> and then you can see some live music. God, this sounds dire. Is yeah, this really yeah, what's that's that's what's happening down south. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh God. 
But other than that, Hobart and the Gold Coast this week. So uh, look up Missy Higgins with the special ones. Dan Salton in the Gold Coast, right? Correct, yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. that'll be fun. He's an amazing the Friend of the show. Really? Yeah. Have you guys interviewed yeah. him? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Mm. Him and I are going to do a little duet on stage, actually. Oh, So Brilliant. there you go. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for no having worries. me. And that was uh, the great Missy Higgins, uh, as we said earlier, national treasure, icon of Australian music. And she's currently completing her tour. She's got a couple more on the run. They're probably all sold out. But uh, if you are in Hobart or the Gold Coast, it would be worth getting down to see Missy do her thing. Uh, thank you for listening today. Readers, listeners, wherever you are in the world, my name's Clancy Overall. You be kind to each other. And my name, as always, is Errol Parker. Stay out of the pokies. Never talk to the cops. They're out to ruin your life. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>